0: Well, um, family Christmas service. Uh, Listen, if your kids get a little crazy, that's all right, right? Because we're family. Is anyone going to get bummed? Okay, if we all purpose in our hearts now that no one's going to get crazy or bummed, we'll be good. Um, Our text today, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. This morning, this afternoon, we have a special guest speaker to read this text. So uh, I'm going to move aside real quick and, and let him do what he does. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Hmm. Man, I love Linus preaching the gospel, (laughs) reading, reciting the word of God. And interesting enough, uh, our text today that we're going to be looking at and studying, it starts at verse nine, when the angel of the Lord preaches the gospel. It's at that moment that Linus drops his blanket, his little security blanket, and this morning as we look at these angels, it's important that we, we understand, because I think our culture, we, we have this idea of what an angel looks like, and uh, man, this, this is uh, what the Bible's not talking about. This is a bad representation of an angel. Because here, the angel of the Lord is one of a heavenly soldier. It was a military invasion commanded by the Lord of time and space. These heavenly beings were surrounded by God's Shekinah glory, radiant, brilliant light, blinding and dazzling, so much so that the shepherds were out of their mind. They were in great fear. And these shepherds, they were the kind of the the, the lowlifes of that society. Common men, despised class, with bad reputation. Um, these shepherds were known to be nomadic. And where they would go, they would steal and carouse. And, and they did that because they had to go wherever the sheep were to be fed. So they were known to be thieves. They weren't even allowed to have testimony in a Jewish court of law. And their work made it impossible for them to observe the Jewish ceremonial laws and the temple rituals. So they were considered religiously unclean and unacceptable. So it's pretty amazing that this heavenly host would come to such a social outcast And the purpose of the journey and the appearance of this message was to deliver good news of great joy. Some commentators say that the angel preached the gospel to these shepherds. This message the angel told the shepherds was a a message of joy that would overcome their fear and apprehension and ultimately deal with their future in regards to salvation. This joy was a concentrated gift and that joy was Jesus Christ, a gift given by God to all people, it says in verse 10 every member of the human race, this gift was given to all humanity. And and understand this, only God is able to give a, a gift in such a great proportion. Only God is able to give a gift that would give throughout centuries. Only God is able to give a gift corporately And yet, individually, it's amazing. Can only be accomplished by a God. Listen, corporate gifts are fun. You know, like if if someone said to me, Hey, gee, I got your family a car. Praise God, that's awesome. Or, Hey, gee, I got you a car. Now we're talking different because individually, I love and receive that gift. But as a family, I'm receiving it, but it means more when it's individual, right? Are You guys with me? Take for instance, I love C's candy. If you gave my family a C's candy box, right? It's fun, we receive it, right family? We love, we love dark chocolate, but we especially like dark chocolate covered almonds. We like the peanut clusters. But if you gave us a box of seized candies, chances are there's only one peanut cluster and maybe two uh, dark chocolate covered almonds. And so a family of six, what's going to happen? Well, only a few will get the anointed covered nuts. And the rest of us will open up no nuts, no nut. What is that? Oh my gosh, who makes that? Why is this made? Where's more clusters? (laughs) See, God in his amazing ability gave a gift that was for all humanity and able to be received individually. Individually. And anyone who receives this gift, anyone who recognizes this gift and its claims of this infant born in Bethlehem, the baby Jesus, who is joy incarnate, would be able to receive the greatest gifts to humanity. And that is a personal relationship with an everlasting God. The message that the angels preached was very clear. It was very short. The angels said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all mankind. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. I want to concentrate on those three words. Savior, Christ, and Lord. Jesus as Savior. If God has brought you here today, I hope that truly all of us together as a family, corporately, we would know and believe and receive Jesus Christ as Savior. It's the only way we can enjoy an eternal relationship with God is through the Savior Jesus Christ, because we desperately need a Savior. Amen? Amen. Church, we desperately need a Savior. Amen? Amen? As did that generation, as will the generation that follows us. A Savior is a deliverer, a helper, a redeemer. He can confront sinful struggles. He can do that individually. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But individually, we sin differently. Though in the eyes of the Lord, it's all the same. But he, and only he, is able to meet you individually with your individual struggles. Our bondage to sin, he is able to free us. He was described in Zechariah's prophecy, God has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. That account taken out of Luke chapter one. A horn of salvation to deliver us. Jesus had been introduced to Joseph in a dream as the one who would save his people from their sins. He is the only one that can save us from our sins. And friends, this is how Jesus was introduced in, in, the, in the first chapter of Matthew. In the genealogy, there was only one who could meet the criteria. There was only one who would be able to come and fulfill prophecies and that one was Jesus, the Savior. But not only Savior, but Christ. Christ, in the English term, um, it's, it comes from the, the Greek word Christos. Christ is the one who would um, officially be anointed. He would be anointed. He would be called Messiah. Christ is his official title. He's called Jesus Christ uh, 1,514 times in the New Testament. And it denotes this. It denotes that he's the anointed, consecrated one who's able to redeem. He's the only one that is able to have that redemptive qualities. And he does it through his prophetic Um, and priesthood, as well as his kingship. There was only one who was able to fulfill that, and that was Jesus. Only Jesus could be Christ. None other could be called Christ. None other could be called Messiah. And as Christ, he was the anointed one who would confront all the religious chaos in this world and establish a spiritual kingship here on earth, fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. Jesus, the Messiah, the King of kings. Jesus. As Lord, as we look at Jesus as Lord, he is the supreme, the one, the only powerful and able to rule and reign and confront, confront all principalities, both powers here on earth as in, in heaven, in time and in space. He is the sovereign of the universe, the Lord of us individually, as well as the Lord over the universe. He is described as prophetically by King David. Psalm 110 says, The Lord, the creator God of the universe, says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus had been identified uh, to Zechariah by the angel Gabriel when he said to John, who was the one to be the forerunner of Jesus, saying Jesus is coming to make ready for the Lord the people prepared. Jesus and only Jesus is found to have this title, Lord. And believe me, he desires to be your Lord individually, not just in spoken word. He desires to be your Christ, your King, your Messiah. He desires to be Your Savior. And that joy that is directly linked uh, with the peace that the angels shouted in praise. The peace that was announced by the angelic host means that there was healing now between the conflict of a holy God and sinful humanity. Peace on earth is not just a phrase. Peace on earth was declared because of the son of God that was given to humanity. The greatest gift that this world has ever known. And that is why the angel was able to say peace on earth. Because the conflict have been mended for all who would believe. God and men reconciled. Because of our sinful nature, there is a rebellion and anger against God, but peace is given to those who believe in Christ Jesus to be the Savior, Christ, and Lord. And that is what made it such good news. Peace was offered through Christ Jesus. Salvation was granted. The Apostle Paul tells us about this, how we can have this joyful peace and experience fellowship with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of sharing the glory of God. Amen. When we're in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, joy comes. Joy comes because he is joy. I like what 1 John 3 says. 1 John 1, 3 says, we are telling you about we ourselves having actually seen and heard. Now, this is John And this whole first chapter of 1 John, he's speaking of this relationship that they have with God. And so he's saying, what we have seen and what we have heard, so we tell you that that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. See, our joy is complete in the fellowship with the Father through the Son. And as it indicates here, we have fellowship with each other because of this. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters in the Lord because of this newfound relationship that we have with God, the Father, and we being his sons and daughters. But friends, this fellowship only comes through Christ Jesus to those who believe. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Having faith is paramount in this relationship, this fellowship with God. to to know the joy that is spoken of by these angels. This afternoon, I want to ask, do you know that joy? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? See, God sent his only begotten son, that the whole world might know. And whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But as it says in Romans ten nine, nine, that we, we must confess this. We must believe this in our heart and in our mind. And if there's anyone in here this afternoon, God is speaking to you in regards to salvation. If you do not know, if you are saved, If you have a relationship with God, chances are you don't. But you need to know that God desires that. That's why he sent his son. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because the greatest gift is him giving himself to you through his son. I like what it says in Psalm 1611. You... Make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's our God's desire for all of us, from the littlest to the oldest, to the cutest, to the ugliest. God wants us to know this presence. In your presence is the fullness of joy. His presence has been made known through his son. Listen, the message is is clear. It's it's simple that a child would know. A child can discern this message. Amen, children? There you go. Matter of fact, I have a graph that that will maybe even help us. Listen, God being holy cannot be in fellowship with something that's unholy. If you think you're holy apart from God, then, then we need to talk. Because if you're honest, if we're all honest with each other, we are sinful. Humanity is not getting better. With all the technology and everything that we have, has things gotten better? No. In that separation, God, desiring to fellowship, would send his son to die on the cross. And by dying on the cross, he would shed blood that would cleanse us and make us whole and make us righteous so that we would have fellowship with him. And so thanks be to God, he died constantly conquered sin and rose on the third day. Amen. Amen. And through that resurrection power, we have access to the God of the universe. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you know him as savior? I would ask, do you know him as Christ? For the believer, for those who are saved, would you say, yes, Jesus is my Messiah, he's my king, he's my Christ? Personally, have you made him your king? Because listen, as brothers and sisters, we do adore him as our father, but this season, this, I would say in the last six months, it's just been really good. The Lord has been leading me to meditate more on his reign as a king. It's helped me both in my right fear towards him and it's helped me in regards to just knowing him bigger, bigger. Why wouldn't we want to know our God bigger? He's a savior and he's a Messiah, the king, and we are his servants And this morning, as we respond to the simple message, maybe you don't respond to the message of salvation, but you respond saying, God, I want to know you more as my king. And as your servant, help me to know how I can serve you more. Are you a Christian who's just dead and just going through the motions? Grab yourself the plow and don't look behind and serve the king as a servant. You start by taking down these trees. I'm just kidding. <laughs> God gives us opportunities to serve Him as our King. And friends, I don't know about you, but, but that blows my mind that God would partner with us, that God would call us to that. It's amazing. Unbelievable. And listen, kids, you don't have to be old to serve the King of Kings. Do you know him as Christ? Do you know him as Lord? Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus wants to be Lord over your life, not because he wants to Lord it over you. He wants to be Lord of your life because he knows best for your life. And out of the 19 years that I've known Jesus, having been saved out of depravity, having been saved out of complete wickedness, darkness, one thing that I know is that I do not qualify to be Lord. You see, we all try to be Lord of our own lives, and a lot of Christians we're willing to receive Jesus as Savior, we love Him as our King, but there's areas in our lives that we want to remain Lord. We want to we want to we want to hold on to the reins. God, I'll I'll let you be Lord over that area, this area, but this area is mine. We don't necessarily say it in those terms, but this morning God is wanting to be Lord of all our lives, every aspect, every aspect. And if there's areas, and, and it comes at a perfect time, it's the last Sunday of the year, we can look back at this year, year in review, say, God, where have I taken over the reins? Where have I tried to be lordship? See, I know I'm disqualified because I lived a life apart from God. And it was, it was shambles. Can I get amen? amen? Not amen to my shambles. I mean, amen to your shambles. Okay? I got my own shambles. You got yours. And it's fair to say... That I tried to be Lord of my life, but I am disqualified. I'm not able to. But God wants to be Lord over your life because he knows what is best for you. And so this morning we have a wonderful opportunity to respond to the simple message of God. And that is, Jesus wants to be Savior over your life, he wants to be Christ over your life, and he wants to be complete and utter Lord. Lordship, humbling and submitting ourselves to him. And so as we respond both in prayer, uh, man, I can't tell you how amazing it's been uh, this morning as families have come up here. I've encouraged them to take communion together and taking communion as a family. It's important as a father to take stock of your little tribe, making sure that God is doing a work and wanting to do what he wants to do and even asking, hey, is everyone on board? in regards to him as a savior, in regards to him as a king. One thing that I know, and and, and I'm going to close with this idea, is because, you know, as a pastor, as being saved for 19 years, I've been utterly blessed in what God is doing in my life. I still look in the mirror in amazement of what he's doing, but yet I still know who I am. I'm still not the father that I want to be. I still fall short. Right, kids? (laughs) They're right here, they'll tell you. My oldest is like, amen. Oh, amen. But see, woe unto us if we just remain in that. You see, I need to get on the carpets and realign and readjust and evaluate 2010, prepare my heart for 2011. As a family, I'm longing. I've been waiting for them to come so I can take communion, pray with them, and just digest what it is God wants to do. See, I know him as Savior. I know him as Christ. But there's still areas in my life that I need to hand over to him as Lord. And I'm confident that in this room, there's others, and I'm not alone. So the worship team is going to come up here. They're going to lead us in a time of reflecting of this simple message. God sending his only begotten son. And if there's anyone in this room, you know, you don't know where you stand. You know where you don't understand. I don't know why I'm using those terms. But if if God is speaking to you, there's pastors and elders that'll be up here that you can pray with. Maybe there's some of you who, you know, you you know that there's been not just one, but many areas where you've um, taken the reins and trying to be your own Lord. Man, go. Go and repent and get prayer. You know, David in Psalm 51, sin had crept into his life and he had, he had just failed to repent to the point where his bones were aching. And, he, and, and finally, in confession, he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Maybe this morning you're lacking that joy. You need to be reminded of the wonder of salvation that has come to you. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to respond as a family. We just pray that you would move amongst us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would draw anyone who doesn't know you to yourself. We ask that you would open up the floodgates of heaven in regards to uh, what you want to do as king Lord, this is your church, this is your people. We ask that you would redirect us. We ask that you would anoint us in what it is you would have us to serve you in what capacities. And Father, we pray you would just reveal to us areas where we lack you being our Lord. We wanna place you on the throne of our heart, mind, and our soul, and so come, come King Jesus. Have your way with us. We love you. We need you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.